Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. It's officially overtime. Overtime with Lee Patterson, the only live local radio sports talk show in the Gila Valley. And now, here's your host for Overtime, Lee Patterson. Well, hello there. Let's turn that one down. How's everybody doing today? Hope you're doing well. Hi, I'm Lee Patterson, and this is Overtime, and man, do we have a lot to talk about today. The format of the show is going to be a little bit different. Uh, We're going to have Fort Thomas head coach Bracken Walker joining us on the Valley Telecom hotline a little bit later. Uh, We're going to talk about their big matchup Friday night at home against the Hayden Lobos. Uh, I hope that, I just, that just came out. I recorded the promo and everything. I don't, are they the Hayden Lobos? I don't, I think they are. I never even looked. I just thought of that. So if anybody from Hayden's listening and you're not the Lobos, my bad. Um, they will take on Fort Thomas on Friday night in the first round of the 1A state playoffs. We'll have that game right here on KATO. Um, but first, let's play this. I let him sing longer than usual. That's for last week when I didn't get the show right. <laughs> that is that is uh, that made up for last week. They were, you know, their people called and were complaining about the twelve cents that I didn't, you know, pay them for last week. So I had to do that. Um, we've got so speaking of one A football, the one A football regular season is over. The bracket is out and the games start this week. So we'll talk about the one A bracket right now. Uh, in 1A football, the game we have Friday night here on KETO is number 9 Hayden at number 8 Fort Thomas. Uh, they did a rematch from the regular season. Regular season, Fort Thomas won the regular season matchup 56-42. to um, That is uh, a regular scoring 8-man game, I guess. It's a lot of points in football, but not a lot of points in 8-man football. We'll talk to Bracken Walker a little bit about that later. Uh, they, The winner of that game will get the number 1 overall seed, Muggy Owen. That is, uh, they are sitting and waiting at home for the winner of that game next week. Uh, number 12, Salome, will take on number 5, Mayer, this week. Number 11, Joe City, will take on number 6, Trivium Prep. And number 10, Valley Union, will be on the road to take on number 7, Ray. The winner of the Salome-Mayer matchup will get number 4, Williams. The winner of the Joe City Trivium Prep matchup will get number 3, Superior. And the winner of the Valley Union-Ray match will be the lucky ones to get number 2, Baghdad, at Baghdad on uh, next Saturday. So that is uh, the way that 1A bracket rolls out. And um, not many surprises. I think the surprise was uh, Ray and 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 Hayden flip-flopped. Uh, Ray beat Hayden in the final week of the season, so it kind of flip-flopped. Um, and Hayden is headed down to Fort Thomas on Friday. It will be the first time since 2005 that we've broadcasted a game from Fort Thomas High School. So 12 years. Uh, since we've been out there, I had to text uh, Tad Jacobson and ask because Tad Jacobson was a teacher at Fort Thomas High School the last time I was out at Fort Thomas High School. That's the only reason I remember. And I believe it was when they first opened their new football facility that they have now. Uh, so we'll be going out there. Bracken Walker's done a great job. They went from 2-6 and six last year to 6-2 and two this year in a home playoff game. That's uh, 
that's a that's a great turnaround at any level. I don't care if you're coaching the same kids you coached when they were seven and they're eight. That's a huge turnaround. That means they're buying into the program and they're getting stronger, faster, and better. Uh, the, the rankings are out this week uh, for 2A. Uh, Round Valley did jump to number one after beating Thatcher 20-6. to They are number one by a wide margin now because nobody understands the formula. Uh, my uh, my buddy and former colleague, uh, Brian Wright, who used to write here for the paper in town, is the sports director now in Casa Grande, and he has a big article today, a big uh, the, the right perspective, his column today, on the AIA PowerPoint system and how it doesn't make any sense. And um, it just doesn't. Florence got pounded by... American Leadership Academy and moved up a spot, so it doesn't make any sense. I, Brian Bell, the uh, the the assistant head coach at Round Valley, didn't think even if they won that game Friday, they were going to jump to number one. They have jumped Phoenix Christian by two full points. So Round Valley is number one overall. Phoenix Christian is number two. Uh, Thatcher dropped to number three. Santa Cruz, who's still undefeated, sits number fourth or sits fourth. Gilbert Christian is fifth. Scottsdale Christian is. Uh, number six, St. John's is seventh. Santan Foothills is eighth. Marinci is number nine. And Tempe Prep sits number 10. Uh, Pima is all the way down to number 13. And Wilcox is down at number 14 after last week. Um, for Pima, they are at Round Valley this week. Going to be a tough one for them. Uh, luckily for them, I don't think they need this win to get into the playoffs. Uh, they finished the season at Marinci. They will need that one. They need one of two, so whatever, however they can get it, they'll need one of two to get into the playoffs. Um, Thatcher finishes at San Carlos and at Miami, neither team in the playoff hunt, so um, they have a chance to rest some guys uh, if they need to. I did the reason the reason I let uh, the four non blondes sing longer was I got a text from uh, head coach Sean Hinton uh, about his thoughts last week, and his his uh, his comment is. Uh, they were a good team and wanted it more than we did. We have a lot of things to fix before the playoff starts. That was uh, That's a fair statement. I don't think Thatcher ever threatened in that game. That's just my thought. I've talked to a couple people. I talked to Don Conrad earlier today. I've talked to the, the Round Valley coaching staff. I've talked to some people that were at the game. Um, and Thatcher was flat. They had a bye week before, um, came in, and they were riding a 13-game winning streak and didn't play well. Uh, Round Valley played stronger, played faster, up-tempo, had a good game plan, executed the game plan. In high school, it's one thing to have a good game plan, but it has to be executed on Friday nights, and Round Valley did that. It's not the end of the world for Thatcher. Obviously, they only fell to number three, but they um, they lost the same game last year. They hadn't lost a game since that game last year. Um, losing a game three weeks before the playoff starts is a lot better than losing a game in round one of the playoffs. So um, it it definitely is going to make Thatcher upset. It should. I mean, that's losing losing is never good. If if you're okay with losing, you shouldn't be playing. And um, I feel sorry for San Carlos this week because that's where Thatcher goes. And and here's what's going to happen: the starters did not play well for Thatcher. They need the reps the last two weeks for the playoffs. Thatcher could hang 80 on San Carlos, and it's not because they're trying to run up the score. If you if you follow, I mean, the San Carlos and Miami coaches and parents might get upset, 
but they have to see they have to understand the other side of it where Thatcher played not good at all against Round Valley. They're going to make the playoffs as one of the top 4 teams Thatcher is. They've got to be ready. So they can't do that by resting their guys the last 2 weeks. The healthy guys. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, the Thatcher's at San Carlos this week. The 3A rankings, Push Ridge stays number one. They're 8-0. American Leadership Academy of Queen Creek is 7-1. They have now changed that name. We'll talk about why later. It is American Leadership Academy, Queen Creek. They're number two. Castile is number three. Florence is number four. Benjamin Franklin sits at number five. Sabino is six. Northwest Christian is seven. Yuma Catholic is eight. Snowflake is nine. And Blue Ridge sits at ten. Blue Ridge sits at ten. Blue Ridge has beaten Winslow and Sholo in back-to-back games and has climbed up into the top ten. Talk about a turnaround. Um, Safford right now sits number 16. They, If the season ended today, number 16 would be in the playoffs. They moved up a spot without playing last week. Meh? Yeah, that was... Have you ever watched Scooby-Doo? Uh, oh, wow, that was loud. Uh, you know? Uh, uh, yeah. We don't know. I don't know either. Nobody knows. It's perplexing. It really is. Um, I don't get it. But here's the thing with Safford, though. They go. They have. They're at Globe this week. Globe sits number twenty-seven at two at two and six. Not going to make the playoffs. And a game that Safford should win with whoever they dress out this week. Uh, there still have some injuries, but Safford's going to have to be higher than 14th when the season ends to make the playoffs because in the 3A, the top two teams in each region get an automatic buy, an automatic playoff spot. So right now, the number two team in the north, which is going to be Chinle, Monument Valley, or Tuba City, all sit under number 16. And Odyssey Institute, who is number two in their region, sits number 25. So two two of those teams are going to make the playoffs, and they will be 15 and 16. So whoever finishes the regular season 15th and 16th in the 3A will not make the playoffs because they will be bumped by those two teams. So Safford has to be higher than 14th when the season ends to get in. Now, if they can move up one spot by not playing a game, how many spots can they move up by beating Globe this week? Mm, we don't know. So if they beat Globe this week and can move higher than 14th, no matter what happens next week when they host American Leadership Academy of Queen Creek, they can make the playoffs. Obviously, if they win both of them, they're in. But if they split, they're going to have to they're going to have to uh, cross their fingers and hope that they get in to the playoffs. So that is that is where that stands. Um, I do understand that uh, there are some guys back healthy for Safford, some that are still nursing injuries, and and unfortunately in in high school football, the the better the season is, the fewer injuries you have. The worse the season is, the more the injuries seem to be there. And it's uh, it's been that way since the the dawn of time, and it's just it's just a mental thing, and it is uh, it is unfortunate, but it is the way it goes. But here's the deal: Safford's not having Safford is having a season not up to expectations. Yes, very true. Are they having a bad season? No. No, they are They are definitely underachieving, but I wouldn't call it a bad season. When you're still in the playoff hunt with two weeks to go, that's not a bad season. There, it's just not. There's guys that coach their whole career never make it to the playoffs. So um, we'll see. And uh, that, that's, it's, it is what it is. The other big story is today the AIA released their initial 
placements for 2018 to 2020, and it's causing a big, huge stir um, with uh, w- around the state. You know what? Well, you know what? Because because we have to pay some bills, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll talk about the initial placements by the AIA for next two-year block. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Overtime. Lee Patterson with you. And as I mentioned before the break, the AIA released new realignment numbers today. And it's causing a big stir in the Gila Valley and around the state. The disclaimer here is these are initial realignment conferences. Each team has until October 24th to appeal today's placement. There will be a new list coming out October 31st, but wait, that's not the final list. Teams have a second chance to appeal, and the new number, the, the final list will come out November 15th. So there is a chance that the number, that what I'm about to read to you will change by the by November 15th. Um, mostly in the 3A, I've talked to all, I've talked to the Safford AD, I've talked to the Thatcher AD, I've talked to the Pima AD. None of them are appealing their placements. So there will be no appeals placed by the local schools, at least those three, as to where they are at. But that does not mean they may not move based on what other teams appeal and move. And the conference numbers that they put up today were not football conferences. They were every other sport conferences. And then later they released the football-only conferences. So listen up. What I'm about to read you is the football-only alignment. So this is only for the sport played in the fall with the helmets and the shoulder pads. No other sports. Winslow will be moved to the 3A North, and they will join Chinle, Ganado, Monument Valley, Page, Tuba City, and Window Rock. That's the 3A North for football-only. The 3A South for football only will be Catalina Magnet, Florence, Push Ridge, Sabino, Safford, Saurita, and Tanka Verde for football only as of right now. Florence and Safford were moved from the 3A Central to the 3A South as of now. The 3A East will be Alchese, Blue Ridge, Globe, Holbrook, Payson, Sholo, and Snowflake. Alchese was moved from the 2A North to the 3A East, and Globe was moved from the 3A Central to the 3A East. I'm heard. I've been told Globe wants out of the 3A. So we'll see. That that will be probably one of the appeals. The 3A West will be Chino Valley, Kingman, Kingman Academy, North Point Prep, Northwest Christian, Paradise Honors, River Valley, and Wickenburg. Kingman Academy was moved from the 2A Central. North Point Prep was moved from the 3A West, and Paradise Honors was moved from the 2A Central. The 3A Central will be American Leadership Academy Gilbert, American Leadership Academy Queen Creek, and American Leadership Academy Ironwood, along with Ben Franklin, Coolidge, Gilbert Christian, and Santan Foothills. Now, another asterisk, American Leadership Academy Gilbert and Ironwood have yet to be accepted as full members of the AIA, yet they were released in a league already. Seems like we're putting the cart ahead of the horse here a little bit. So that means that... uh, 
that uh, Gilbert Christian was moved out 2A Metro 1 up to 3A, and Santan was moved out of 2A Metro North out of 2A up to 3A. The 3A Metro will be Arizona College Prep, Borgade, Coronado, Fountain Hills, Odyssey Institute, Valley Christian, and Yuma Catholic. Arizona College Prep was moved up from 2A. Borgade was moved up to 2A. Coronado was moved from moved to the 3A. And Odyssey Institute was moved from the 3A West. Whew. And some of that's going to change. Not all that's going to. I, I There's a big push to get all those American Leadership Academy schools out of 3A completely up into 4A. If that happens, I think Safford and Florence move back into that old 3A Central. I think. That is my, just my guess. Um, for the 2A, again, this is football only. Uh, 2A East is Miami, Marinci, Pima, Round Valley, St. John's, and Thatcher. They lose San Carlos out of the 2A East Football League. The 2A South, Benson, Bisbee, San Manuel, Santa Rita, Tombstone, and Wilcox. Santa Rita was moved from the 3A down to the 2A, and 2A South loses Santa Cruz. And the 2A Central, Antelope, Camp Verde, Parker, Sedona, Tonopah, and Trivium Prep. So Trivium Prep up from 1A. Uh, 2A Metro, 1, ASU Prep, Arizona Lutheran, Phoenix Christian, Santa Cruz, and Scottsdale Christian. So that is where Santa Cruz ends up. ASU Prep comes down from 3A. And in the 2A North Metro North, it's Chandler Prep, Prep, Glendale Prep, Joy Christian, San Carlos, Scottsdale Prep, and Veritas Prep. So San Carlos moves into that league. Those are football-only leagues. The rest of them... I lost the rest of my left list. Um, this is the the 3A South for the rest of the sports is Catalina, Florence, Push Ridge, Sabino, Safford, Sarita, and Tanka Verde. Oh, no, that is the football alignment for the 3A South. Catalina, Florence, Push Ridge, Sabino, Safford, Sa- Sarita, Tanka Verde. And all those schools are in there for the rest of the sports. The 3A, the 2A one is really the one that changes. The 2A East, for every other sport, is the old 2A East. It's uh, Thatcher, Marinci, Pima, Wilcox, Benson, Tombstone. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, Mar- yeah, Marinci. So Pima is up, stays up 2A. They're not going to appeal down. Thatcher stays in the 2A East for football and the 2A East for the rest of the sports. Safford, for right now, was moved to the 3A South but most likely we'll move back to the 3A Central after the appeals. Whew, I'm, I'm exhausted talking about that. Uh, I had to speed through that because I st- we still need to get to uh, head coach Bracken Walker about the big game Friday night. So we'll take one more time out. We'll come back with Bracken Walker right after this. Welcome back to Overtime. I've got now on the Valley Telecom hotline the head coach of the Fort Thomas Apaches, Bracken Walker. Coach, welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. It's it's been a while. You used to be a regular on this show back when you were the head coach of Safford High School. Um, but first of all, congratulations are in order. Uh, you were two and six last year at Fort Thomas. You're six and two this year, and you're hosting a playoff game on Friday night. So congratulations, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Our, our kids have worked really, really hard. Um, we were so young last year, especially on the offensive and defensive line. Those kids have worked hard through the summer. And we're still sophomores, but they've gotten a lot better. Well, I think that's even more impressive then. If you're if you're all if you're got a bunch of sophomores and you've done that turnaround already, I guess if you keep that nucleus together for a couple more years, good things to come out in Fort Thomas. Yeah, and sophomores along the offensive line uh, specifically, 
uh, all three starters are sophomores. And so we, we do have some senior leadership on the, at the skill position that we will miss next year, but, but that group of sophomores, um, and there's actually three starters and there's a couple that come in and play for us that are sophomores as well. And that should, that should do us well for the, for the coming future. Well, that is inspiring. And, and I have to, I have to just kind of chuckle to myself when you say all three starters on the offensive line are sophomores. Uh, we are talking eight-man football with Bracken Walker, the head right. coach out at Fort Thomas, and a, a sport that I played down at Valley Union in 95 and 96. Uh, that makes me feel old. But um, tell people something about the eight-man game that those – I mean, Pima used to be eight-man, so most some, some people in the Gila Valley have been to some eight-man games. Uh, you, you coached 11-man at Safford and then went down to Fort Thomas and coached 11-man. If you were going to explain somebody the difference between the games, uh, other than the obvious – you're missing three guys. What's the difference in your opinion? You know, it's it's actually a much faster game. Uh, speed really kills on the eight men eight on um, eight man football. One of the things is there's more space on the field. Uh, the sidelines are shorter, but with three less players, um, it still feels like there's a ton of space. And so it's in eleven man. You, there's three levels to the defense. You have the D line, linebackers, and then a secondary. So it's hard to to, to break big plays and. At the eight-man level, there's two levels, and a lot of times nobody plays with safeties, and so there's only one level. So if you can break, just get just a little bit of space, it can be a big play. And, and so you see the big scores, the, the 56 to 42. It's not too uncommon of a score. And the other thing that's, that's a little bit different, um, and it's so hard to block for an extra point, there's a couple of teams that can do it, um, but most people just go to it. So if you see an odd score, an odd number score, that's kind of – kind of a, a rarity most scores are even scores because everybody goes for two after each touchdown yeah I mean when I played back in way back in the day uh Arizona Lutheran was the only team I ever played against that kicked the football um but they had a kid right. with the last name of Miller that went on to kick at some big schools um that was kicking like 45 yard field goals in 1a but other than that you hardly ever <laughs> and see that's that. impressive because it's 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 hard to block for that. No, it really is a longer yeah, field goal. It really is. So let's talk about the Fort Thomas Apaches. Um, you guys have, uh, like you said, you were young last year. You kind of rebounded this year, six and two. Uh, you beat some teams uh, soundly. Um, you have given up some points this year. So um, tell us a little bit about uh, the team as a whole this year. Well, we have a, a senior quarterback. Uh, Evan Stringfellow that uh, he started as a half a year as a sophomore, started last year, and then has just had a, a phenomenal year. He's just given us everything that we'd hoped for as far as senior leadership and as far as, far as his play. Um, he's actually thrown for about 1,600 yards and rushed for 1,000. Oh, wow. And he's completing about, about 68% of his passes. So he's doing everything that a senior quarterback, everything that we could ask for. It's easy for me to call plays. He, he puts us in the right situation, gets everybody lined up, make sure that the offensive line knows where they're going. He just does that all for us. Um, extremely smart kid. We have a couple of big backs, and, and they run really hard, and, and we like to run the football. We, we're kind of still a shotgun spread team, but our, our main thing is we always want to try to run the football. And we've done a pretty good job of that. And defensively, we have given up some points. Um, and like I said, it's um, – we don't have the speed that a lot of the other teams that we play do, and defensively it's all about speed, stopping people. So there, there's going to be times when we do give up points, and just one of those things that you kind of have to live with um, and try to try to mitigate the speed factor as much as you can. 
Yeah, for sure. And uh, this will be the second time you've played Hayden this year. You beat him in the regular season. You mentioned the score earlier. Um, it was a lot of points, uh, but you ended up with the win. Um, what does Hayden bring to the table Friday night in the playoffs? They're really big and physical, and they, they will just uh, run the ball down your throat, take the whole clock if they can. Um, they have an extremely big back and then a couple of smaller backs that, that have some speed. And uh, they don't play a whole lot of kids. Um, they, a lot, Most of their kids go both ways. But they're just a real physical team. And it was a real close game. I mean, two, a two-touchdown game in eight-man is, is like a three-point game in 11-man. So it was, it was a physical game. It was a tough game. And, you know, it's always hard to beat a team twice in one year. And so that, that's the challenge we're going to have to have. They're going to make adjustments. We're going to have to try to, try to, you know, try to anticipate what their adjustments are going to be and then kind of have some things ready for that. Right. I mean, the onus is on you guys this week. I mean, Hayden has nothing to lose. They lost the regular season game. They're going to throw everything out on the table. It's a home game for you guys. Do you know off the top of your head the last time Fort Thomas had a home football playoff game? Oh, um, I know the, the last playoff game was 2010. I, th- I think we're probably about 11 to 12 years out from having a home playoff game. Yeah, I mean, so it's it's a big deal over there. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And the community is excited, and, and they've been getting behind us. It's, it's been a fun year. No, it, and it has to be a fun year. Um, every week we on, on this show, I look at the eight-man scores. Are you worried about the eight-man football in Arizona? I mean, there looks like there's only about 18 teams that play it anymore. Yeah, and, and it's it, the numbers have gone down. And so kind of the thing that, that we do every year is uh, we, we don't make a schedule until after about the first week of fall football, uh, first week of fall camp. And then the athletic directors get together and we, we make sure that every team that's going to be scheduled is going to be able to fill the team. And so that's always a concern. You know, that's, um, the numbers down in the Valley from those teams are always, always strong. Um, and our numbers are always strong, but uh, some of the teams in our area have, have gone down a little bit and are concerned about their future for it. So it is a concern, and you, and you just hope that we can still field enough, enough teams and enough, have enough kids to come out and play that we can still have a strong winning division. Yeah, for sure. And, and I remember back when I was playing, some of these teams that are 3A and 4A now started out at the 1A level, and I'm not real sure where the AIA doesn't do it anymore, where they start every team that comes into the league, they start them at the 1A level, uh, they play for a couple seasons, and they move up, and now they're a big school. But it seems now that the, a- the AIA is just saying, you know what, you're going to be big enough to be 4A, we're going to start you there, and that really doesn't help the lower levels. Yeah, and some of the charter schools actually it still ends up being that way where they come into 1A first, um, especially if they're moving over from the, the charter leagues. Um, but you're right, they used to do that uh, a lot, and it, and it kind of helped the strength of the 1A. It would be nice if we could do that a little bit. Um, and then, then we do get the charter schools that come in in 1A, and then sometimes they move on up, like Scottsdale Christian and a few others. Right. I remember when I was when I was Scottsdale playing. Prep. I'm sorry. When I was playing, Scottsdale Christian was eight man. So it was an Arizona Lutheran. Um, we played, uh, I can't remember some of the other ones, but some of the traditional teams, let's talk about the 1A as as a whole. I mean, there's there's the top of the league. You've got Muggy on, you've got Baghdad, you've got Williams. Um, there's some pretty good, there's superior. some pretty uh, superior, there's some explosive teams in the 1A this year. Yeah, and it always seems those, those four teams are just always a little bit above everybody else and, and 
they they do a great job. They have great coaches up there in, in all four of those schools, and they they get really good athletes and just do a really good job with everything. So it's tough. It's kind of a heavy loaded conference. Uh, the top four, is, uh, you know, Magian is really good. Baghdad has has been destroying teams for years, um, and Superior has got a lot of speed. And then Williams, big physical speed. They had Baghdad beat, uh, lost to him just just on a last second hail mary. So, really good teams. Well, and then uh, Israel Lovell from Baghdad getting is, is getting all the at least the regional uh, yeah. hype because he's broken the eight man passing record. And it feels to me like that kid's been the quarterback there for twelve years, but. Um, He's been starting yeah. since he was a freshman. <laughs> he like that to everybody. So, so every time I look up, I'm like, Lovell, didn't he graduate like six years ago? But <laughs> it, that's how I feel about the superior guys, too. Um, those guys have all been playing since they were freshmen. And it's been the same guys. Right. Right. And they're just uh, so well coached and just so fast. It's Sometimes can, they're, they're, they're a handful. So. And so – this week you get uh, you get Hayden Friday night at home. We'll have that game right here on KETO at seven o'clock. It's probably the first time since I've I've broadcast from Fort Thomas since that last home playoff game, um, and I'm excited about it. And then uh, if you if you can hold on to win this game, you get Muggy on next week. I know you're taking one game at a time, but um, that will be a big ask at Muggy on. Yeah, it definitely will. They're they're so good. They have so much speed. Um, and like I said, very well coached. Uh, their offensive coordinator was at Snowflake, uh, the head coach at Snowflake for years. And then uh, Slade, their head coach, has been there. And just does, they just do such a great job. Great kids, great speed. It would be a monumental task. But like you said, we, we got to get this one first. This and one so insane. what is the final question before I let you go here on Overtime? We're talking to Bracken Walker, head football coach at Fort Thomas. What's the, what's the three things Fort Thomas has to do to win the game Friday night? Well, the first two are real easy, and, and we tell our kids every week, first, we got to run the ball, and second, we have to stop the run, and especially against Hayden, where they're, they're going to be bit physical, and they're, they're going to bring it. So if we can run the ball, and if we can stop the run, and then just meet their intensity, you know, it's a playoff game, they're going to be hyped up from from the last game where they got beat, and you, when you beat a team, sometimes you, it can be easy to come in a little bit lackadaisical. So we have to meet their intensity and just and just bring it and see if we can get after them a little bit. Well, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, it should be a fun one at your place on Friday night. Coach, I appreciate you taking some time today to join us here on Overtime. All right. Thanks, Lee. Thanks for coming out. Appreciate it. No problem. Goodbye. 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 Goodb